God desires a relationship with us and he desires our worship. But what exactly does that mean? How can we truly worship God? And what does that look like in our everyday lives? Find out from author and speaker, Jacqueline Palmer. Here's Jacqueline. Welcome and thank you for coming. I pray this study is a joy to your heart. I'm excited about it. I'm nervous about it. I was just talking to my team as we opened in prayer out um, in the secret hallway. And I told them like when we were writing the study, I had questions for God and I never got my answers as we were writing them. And God said, go teach it. So without all of my answers all lined up in a row, we're jumping in. So when I say I'm Jacqueline Palmer and I'm teaching scripture, what I mean is we're studying scripture together. This is for all of us where we are as we are. If you have a question regarding the word worship, will you write that question down? If you have a question regarding the word worship, will you write that question down? Maybe you haven't thought about it. Maybe that'll be a personal challenge for you this week. When I think of the word worship, what's my biggest struggle? What's my deepest question? Just me, just my God, and the word worship. One of my questions was, how do you define worship? And you could do a Google search, and you could do a scripture search, and you could do all your little favorite engine searches on the word worship, but none of them fit me. So that took me on a whole different path, just me and God. What does not just the word worship, how do I define the word worship? How do I define my worship? And I got completely stopped in my tracks. How do you define that? To this moment, I don't have a clear definition of what my worship looks like. But one thing I did learn while working on this study with the Lord and writing it and getting it ready to go was that there is a process of worship. And that intrigued me, the process. And the process is exactly what we're going to be doing in these next 16 weeks, the process of worship. And at the end of this process of worship, my personal goal for me is that I will know how I will exactly define what my worship with my God looks like, feels like, sounds like, is. That's my personal goal. If you want to join me on that personal goal and claim that as your own, do so. If your question takes you in a completely different area and you're like, my question has nothing to do with that, stay where you are. Because that means you and God are getting ready to start a 16-week study, exactly what you and God know that you need. So make that answer to that question your goal by the end of the 16-week. Isn't that beautiful? How God can meet each of us where we are, give us the answer that we need for the question that we have. We're all different. It's not a, you know, shock and awe statement. We're all so different. And we need to be so different because there's a world out there that's hurting. We live with people that are hurting. We live in neighborhoods of people that are hurting. We look in the mirror and that person in the mirror is hurting. We need to know, we need to know where we are. Good starting place, know what your question is. Be real about it and get ready. We're going to go through a 16 week course on the process of worship. 
my prayer is by the end of the 16 weeks, you will have the answer to the question that God is putting on your heart. Sound good? I'm sorry. You're ready. I love that. I love that excitement. Love that energy. We are going to start in the book of, um, do you like that? I have Psalm 143.5 and Colossians 2.1 bouncing back and forth in my head. We're going to do both and we'll start with Colossians. As we open up to Colossians, uh, will you join me in laying our scripture before the throne in prayer and anticipation for what the Lord has for us today? Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are for what you have done and for what you have planned for the future. Father God, you have always been. You forever are and you forever will be. That statement is a statement that is not new to us. And sometimes we just say it and we don't really think about the depth of that statement. I pray, Father God, that you will reveal to us even more the depth of the power of the name of God. Oh, may we pause and remember who you are. Father God, reveal yourself so much more to us. I pray that you'll meet us as we are where we are in our knowledge of you. I pray that you'll help us to remember. Remember, remember the foundation of who you are and remember, remember your entrance into our life. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus, I ask for your guidance, for your words, for your power, and for your presence in this passage of Colossians that we lay before you. Lord God, we trust that you are going before us, and we trust that your word is the only word that is spoken upon our hearts today. In that name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I have had the joy of being in the book of Colossians for quite some time. I am failing the, um, the status quo of reading your Bible through in a year. I have read Colossians quite a bit over these last couple of weeks. And it gets deeper and sweeter and more powerful every single time I read one more word out of this book. This morning I was thrilled when God said, let's add Colossians 2 to today's study. So we're going to do Colossians 2, verses 6 and verse 7. I highly encourage you, read the whole chapter of Colossians 2. If you are um, bored and eager and excited, read the whole book. It's a beautiful letter, beautiful letter that Paul wrote to a church in Colossae. And he wrote to them the words that God knew they needed at that time. We get to hold the very letter that God wrote for a very heart that needed it at a very specific time in their life. That's a treasure. That's a joy. What's most amazing about that is those words are still written from the heart of God to you when your heart needs it. That's amazing. That's miraculous. Colossians is a powerful letter, very intimate letter, very encouraging letter. We're going to jump right in Colossians 2, and we're going to read verse 6 and verse 7. Here's what scripture says. He says, therefore, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, ponder these words, take them in as you've never read them before. Therefore, Paul says to the hearer of these words, as you as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk. 
So walk in him with the same reception in which you placed in Christ Jesus, the very son of God who came from eternity, put on flesh, walked among us willingly and took my sin on his flesh on the cross. That's what our Jesus did. That's my sentence of my reception of Jesus Christ. I sat there as a child and I saw Jesus on the cross wearing my sin. And he died on that. Died on that cross wearing my sin, tasting my shame, feeling my hidden burden, feeling all of the icky that was going through my little girl brain of all the heartache that was surrounding me and the questions that were in me and the, the, the debate and the anxiety that was inside of me. And Jesus Christ took it all and he wore it and he's never tasted sin before that moment. He never knew what guilt felt like. He never knew what shame felt like. He never knew what embarrassment felt like. He never knew what loneliness from separation with such hurt and pain. He didn't know the depths of what sin brought inside of his soul until he wore my sin. That's a powerful, powerful sentence. And sweet friend, if you've ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that sentence is exactly yours. Jesus tasted your sin. He felt every inch of the pain that came from your sin. This is what Jesus did. And he did it because God so loved the world. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. But beautifully, beautifully, Jesus did not remain on the cross dead in our sin. Wouldn't that bring so much guilt my perception is if I knew that Jesus took that and wore that and died in that and then stayed dead in that, I would feel so guilty. And everything that I did for him, I would do out of almost like a um, forced obligation. Like, oh, he did this for me. I have to do this for him. And I would feel almost chained. But Jesus rose again. And that sin and all of that grossness that is connected to that sin, he buried in hell and told it to be silent and called it an end and rose in newness of life, free from all of that, free from the pain, free from the sorrow, free from the guilt, free from the chains of sin and death and the grave. And he said, this is what I'm wearing now. I'm wearing newness. I'm wearing beauty. I'm wearing life anew. And you receive me as your Lord and Savior. And it's exactly what you wear. No longer do you wear sin. You wear freedom. No longer do you wear death. You wear life. No longer are you past. You are now. You are mine. Paul says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, have you received Christ Jesus, the Lord? That is always, always the first question to ask. Always the first question to answer. Do I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? What's your answer to that? Do you know Jesus? If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you know that it takes that? It takes that moment to say, Jesus, I didn't know. I didn't know you died on the cross for my sin. I don't know why you died on the cross for my sin. 
But if scripture says you did and eternity cries out that you did, I believe with my heart and I proclaim with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And scripture says in Romans 10, at that moment of belief and of faith in Jesus Christ as the risen son of God, you are saved. Isn't that powerful? Scripture says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, will you rest in that this week? Rest in that. Remember that. Remember Jesus. Jesus is your Lord. Always and forever. And this is what scripture says. Scripture goes on and says this. As we think about the word worship, as we think about what it takes to go through the process of answering our questions of this word worship, here's what scripture is encouraging us today. He says, therefore... In that place where your head is, where your heart is, is re receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord. Paul says, so walk in him with that same faith that you put at the cross, same faith that you put at the, the stone that was rolled away. Put that same faith in walking with him. You don't have to do all the walking. He's the one doing the walking. You're just sticking side by side. Find freedom in that. You don't have to lead Jesus into your relationships. You don't have to lead Jesus into your conversations. You don't have to lead Jesus into your workplace. You don't have to lead Jesus into your past. Jesus is doing the walking. Jesus is doing the leading. You by faith are saying, I'm in. I'm going to rest by your side. I'm going to stand by your side. I'm going to sit by your side. I'm going to speak by your side. I'm going to sing by your side. I'm going to be by your side. You're going to do the work. And I'm going to say thank you for doing the work because I can't. And in that faith, I walk in him. He says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. And then verse seven, verse seven is my personal challenge for us this week. So we in Women Inseparable do not do homework. We don't have a book where we go through and fill in blanks, fill in answers and decipher what's being said according to the knowledge of scripture. What we do in Women Inseparable is we do personal challenges. When a personal challenge comes up, whether it's written in this worship study guide or whether it comes up in our study section like right now, you have full and complete um, control to declare, I am going to do this personal challenge and then you decide if you're going to follow through on that or not. Or you say that personal challenge does nothing for me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's in the past. I've done that one before. It's not going to help me now. Whatever your reason, whatever your statement, you don't want to do it, throw it out the window and keep on walking. You have full choice in whatever personal challenge you do. But I'm going to encourage this. If at any point during any time you're in the word of God, whether you're in a women inseparable study or you are on your knees in your closet on a Tuesday morning and the Lord lays on your heart, I have a personal challenge for you. This is what you and I need to work on. Will you always, will you always say yes to God? You're like, but I might not be ready for what God says. You'll be ready because he would not say it to you if you weren't. He's the one doing the walking. He's the one who did the dying. He's the one who did the resurrecting. He's the one that's going to transform you, who's going to grow you, who's going to love you, who's going to walk with you and in you and through you. You, you have faith.
that same faith that took you to the cross, the same faith that took you to the rolled away stone, that same faith is going to get you through that, that God wants you to get through. Have faith, have faith with our worship, with our worship, our personal challenge that I'm going to submit to you if you so want to join me on this, is to use verse seven of Colossians two as a form of remembering who your God is. Do you ever have those, those charges, whether from scripture, from a pastor, from your personal time with the Lord, and you hear those sentences of, you need to worship God, even when life is hard, you need to worship God, and you always say, I know I need to worship God, how? Ever do that? Or you've got the question of, it doesn't matter what's going on, just love Jesus. Okay. What does that look like? Life is real. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes life is hard. We're living in a, in a snowstorm right now. And I was behind three different accidents on my drive here. God kept me safe. As I'm witnessing, I witnessed one of them. It wasn't bad. The one that would happen right in front of me, three vehicles, just gracefully. It was a very musical <laughs> event. Uh-huh. We've watched enough movies, right, where you could just hear these three vehicles just so gracefully just slid into each other. Their, whole, their cars looked fine. All the humans got out standing there shaking hands. You know, there was kindness and there was smiles and there was, oh, ugh, snow day. Their day just got turned around. Their schedules just got turned around. Their insurance calls are going to be happening today. We know it's what their day is ultimately looking like. Life happens always. And in the midst of every single situation, every single circumstance, every single relationship, we are told and commanded by the word of God to worship God and to love the Lord your God with all your heart even during that circumstance, with all your soul, even in that moment, with all your mind, even when you're doubting and asking questions and wondering and you don't have answers. Scripture says to love always. How? How do you love somebody when your eyes aren't set on him? Process number one, remember. Remember who it is you're trying to love you ever tried to love somebody that you never thought about? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because all that happens is you only see what is driving you crazy. But if you stepped back and remembered, remember who that person is. Remember, remember what that person did. Remember his love. This is what we're going to do with God. We're going to remember God. And it's beautiful because we all have a different relationship with God because we're all so different. It all started at the cross. Our salvation is all the same. Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ was buried. Jesus Christ rose again. That sentence in our story is exactly the same. Everything else, so different which means our memory of God is going to be different. What is your memory of God? Not your knowledge of God. Some of us want to go right to our knowledge of God. Well, this is what I know about God. 
know things about God, always know. But my question is, what do you remember? That sweet moment where it was just you and God. What do you remember about your God? Have you ever thought about that? It's a joyful thing to think about. Memories are going to course through you that you're going to possibly haven't thought about in years. And you're going to see that God was there. That moment in scripture, once upon a time, back in your childhood, your teen years, your 20s, early marriage, raising that child and up with that kid at two in the morning, crying out to God in that scripture that came to your mind at that time from Psalm 17. And you sit there and you say, God, God, my memory of you was on that night when I couldn't, couldn't figure out what to do with that baby of mine. And you rested Psalm 17 over my heart. And I was able to rest Psalm 17 over my baby. And you got me through motherhood. That's one of my memories with my God. That memory of my God is not in scripture. It's not in one of the books. Well, one time, Jacqueline Palmer, da, da, da. But that's my memory with my God. What are your memories of God? Just you and God. What are those memories? Here are some things to help stir. Colossians 2 verse 7. This is what the scripture says, and this is how we're going to break it down. Scripture says, rooted, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Do you see those three processes in your relationship with your God? Rooted in God through your reception of Jesus Christ as your Lord, built up in him through your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and established in the faith that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Do you see your step process of your relationship with your God? You are rooted. You have to start with your roots. May I encourage you with your time in remembering God this week? Will you remember what your roots in him look like? Remember that moment that you first heard that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Will you remember what it looked like that first time you heard that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and you were the one that will no longer perish, but will have eternal life because you received Jesus as your Lord and savior. What do you remember from your roots? Just you and God. Some of us want to go back to those roots and say, well, this person and this person and this book and this sermon and this, and we want to go to the tangible things that taught us about Jesus and taught us about the love of God. Will you, when you remember God, remove all of those people, all of those stories, all of those tangible books, all those sermons and go to God. What do you remember about your God? Write them down. Think about them. You don't have to write. Some people hate writing. If you don't hate writing, don't write. For the love of God, don't write. But if you do love to write, write down words. Some of us like to paint. Imagine that. Expressing your memories through paint or through watercolor or through drawing, whatever it is. Record your memories. Record your memories. Ponder them. What, is those, what do those roots look like? Scripture says that we are rooted in our faith and we are also built up in our faith. We're built up in our faith. Some of us and women inseparable here in this room and via podcast and video have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior a couple days ago. 
couple weeks ago, we are still processing the whole fact that we're rooted in the very blood of Jesus Christ and our mind is completely blown and overwhelmed. And I pray that no matter how old we are in Jesus, that our hearts are always blown and overwhelmed by the blood of our Savior. May we never fall out of love of that. Stay where you are. If your roots are brand new roots, baby, sweet, precious roots, stay where you are. Some of us have been built up over a couple of weeks, a couple of years. <laughs> Some of us have been built up over a couple of decades. And we can go back on what our building in our faith in the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, what that looks like. And some of us might be tempted to say, well, this is how I built me up. Hmm. These are what my standards look like that define what my appearance as a Christian looks like. Can I highly encourage you and ask you, please don't do that. What did God do in building you up? What scripture did God use to build you up? What are your memories with your God rooted and built up in him because of the faith of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. We are rooted, we are built up, and we are established in the faith. With that verse, I'm going to leave that one there and ask you to process established in the faith next week. Start this week with your roots. Start this week in your building. What do you remember with God? What do you remember? Scripture, Paul finishes this phrase by saying, just as you were taught, abound in thanksgiving. With each memory that you record, each memory that you process, will you pause and thank God for that memory? How sweet is it that we get to remember something with the eternal God? Think about that sentence. We get to have a personal memory with the eternal God. A very God who always was, who always is, who always will be, who was alive the very day he proclaimed the words, let there be light, and is waiting for that day that he declares to his son, go, go. And our Jesus comes again. God has had a personal relationship with men and women throughout this book. And he has a personal relationship with you. Does that blow your mind? The same God that Moses got to spend on the mountain with is the same God spending time with you. And every memory that you have with God, think about this. Every memory that you have with God, God has that same memory with you. What are God's memories with you? How precious is that? How big and how deep is his love for you that he, he and his bigness has memory of you and how he favors those memories with you. What do you remember with your God? And as you remember, cover it with Thanksgiving. Cover it with Thanksgiving. Will you join me in Psalm? Psalm chapter 143. Psalm chapter 143. This chapter is beautiful. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. It goes along with what we were saying a little while ago that sometimes life is hard. There are a couple of Psalms that declare how hard life can be. And sometimes when you read Psalms, we get, have you ever been surprised when you read a Psalm and you're like, oh, wait, those are my words. Those are the exact words I was just crying out and that I felt bad expressing and yeah, they're in the word of God. Psalm 143 is one of those chapters where 
the psalmist is so real. He's so real. I'm not going to get into the story in the life of David. Those of you that the Lord is laying on your heart to do a study on David, do so. David was a very real man, a very real man who has multiple memories with his God and his God had multiple memories with him. And there was a fondness between God and David, a friendship between God and David. Do you know there is a fondness between God and you, a friendship between God and you? May we favor that friendship and may we learn from David what that looks like to pour your heart out. I'm going to start with verse number one. My intention was going to was to go straight to the verse five, which is our ultimate goal for this. Um, but if you will join me in reading Psalm 143, listen to the depth of this prayer. And I pray the Holy Spirit will lead you where he would have you to go in your time with God. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness, answer me. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. The enemy has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like these long, like those that are long dead. Therefore, therefore, my spirit faints. It faints within me, God. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old, may I declare this sentence one more time in the depths of his heartache. Paul or David says, I remember the days of old in this sorrow, in this hurt. I remember the days of old in the reality of living, in the reality of life. I remember the days of old. I remember it's a determination. It's a determination within your mind every single time, every single time, no matter what situation is before you, no matter what circumstances before you, we have to choose to remember the days of old every time. What happens if we do not remember the days of old and by days of old, we're declaring the oldness, the bigness, the infinite power of God almighty. If we do not remember the days of old, when that happens, big or small, then we see what is happening, big or small. It's the option every time. The option every time is I'm going to remember, I'm going to stop right now in the dead of my tracks. I'm going to stop and remember how big my God is. Or I'm going to choose not to remember how big my God is. And I'm going to look at the circumstance. And I'm telling you right now, your heart of worship is going to be completely different in those two situations. Completely different. When the circumstance happens, the relationship happens, the conversation happens, the health diagnosis happens, whatever it is happens. You have a choice at that very moment every time. I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge that this is happening. You can even say that to the person that is driving you crazy. I'm going to acknowledge that you are standing right there, but give me a moment. And remember... 
remember that you have an intimate friendship with the very God who loved the world so much. And pause and remember your God and then pursue with God through that circumstance. And I'm telling you right now, when you remember in it and through it, you can worship God through it. When you choose to say, don't have time to remember, I don't have the power to remember, I don't have the energy to remember, I don't have the strength to remember, I don't have the will to remember, I don't care to remember because what's happening right now is so awful and so gross. I'm telling you right now, your heart of worship is gone and it's hurting and it's broken. And the only cure, the only fix is to remember who God is. And you, can I say this? You have to get control of yourself. Is that fair? You are the only one who can choose to remember. You are the only one because if you are at that, that point where you're like, I don't want to, I can't, whatever your word is and your heart, your, your sweet person, spouse or friend or child or grandchild comes up to you and grabs your face and says, listen, you have to remember you're going to get irritated with that person. Don't you tell me what to do. And it's going to spiral and get dark and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. We've lived long enough to know that this is true. Be real with yourself and be willing to get control and say, I, I've done this before. And every time I go through this without remembering who my God is, it's an epic fail every time. Maybe I will remember the days of old because I have enough power in myself because I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I'm going to put on my bootstraps and I'm going to say, I remember I'm going to close my eyes to this situation for a moment and I'm going to purpose to remember. I'm going to purpose to remember my God. God, you're so much bigger than this. You are so much more real than this. You are eternal. This is temporal. You are everything. This is not. You are my breath, my reason, my strong, my strength, my song, my victory. You are my all in all. You are my world. I am your world. I am yours. You love me. You died for me. You rose again for me. You hold me. You go before me. You go behind me. You stand beside me. You are underneath me. You are my foundation. We are everything together. And I remember that. I remember that. And with this heart of worship, I'm in. Let's go. I remember the days of old. I meditate, sweet friend, process this. I meditate on all that you have done. You are talking to the God of the creator of the universe and you are declaring to him, I see what's happening in front of me, but instead I meditate. I meditate on all that you have done in my roots, in my building, in the establishment of my faith, I meditate on all that you have done. This is my declaration. This is my determination. This is my personal challenge. This is the only thing I am doing today and always. I ponder, I ponder, Father God, the work of your hands. Oh, how Lord God, our hands are stretched out to you. Our souls are hungry for you. We have questions that only you can answer. We have hurts that only you can heal. We have cries that only you can handle. Father God, you are our everything. And we praise you and we thank you for being the God 
the God who always was. We thank you for being the God who is right now, today, our Father, our friend, our rock. And we thank you, Father God, for always, always being, always will be. We lift up your name and we declare that we will remember the days of old. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more Women Inseparable studies, check out our website at womeninseparable.com. Send your questions or prayer requests to womeninseparable at gmail.com.